I decided to return to the Red series uh, for this week and for Easter Sunday. If you recall, this is a series where we're looking into the statements of Jesus, and really we're just saying, hey, what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be formed in his spirit, to grow spiritually? And and as we come to Easter, this is that time of the year where, you know, it seems like a lot of us uh, are, have a heightened view of the life and the sacrifice of Jesus. It, it occurs to me that some may think, you know, what is the relevancy of somebody dying 2,000 years ago in my life? Um, I have no doubt that some people possibly look at it this way and I want us to look at a verse that I believe really puts some things into perspective. It, it puts it in perspective about the life that Jesus had and, and the purpose that he served. And I think that if we're willing to look at it and entertain it, it can help us get a broader perspective of our life as well, which is, which is really important. And maybe at this time when we realize that something microscopic has the ability to bring the world to its knees... We're thinking about that. We're being a little bit more intentional about our life as well. So would you guys jump with me? Uh, John chapter 12, we're going to be looking at some verses where Jesus makes a really powerful and important statement that gives us perspective. So we're going to start in verse 20. We're going to read through verse 28. So let's read this together this morning. Now there were some Greeks among those who went to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request uh, sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. So Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and uh, dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. This is an incident that takes place just after uh, Jesus enters into Jerusalem for the last time. It's Palm Sunday, and this is uh, an event, and this is a statement from Jesus that is completely surrounded by the context of Palm Sunday. Jesus says two things very simplistically there. One is general, one is specific. Generally, Jesus says everyone dies. That's what he says. Life has an, ex, you know, an expiration date on it. And, and in a general sense, he's saying you know, this to us. And, and we're reminded as people of faith, listen, faith doesn't mean that I've got every little detail worked out. I've, I know everything I need to know about what's going to happen w- when I die. But I can have certainty that it's not the end. In, in many ways, it's, it's really just the beginning of things. Um, And and when we hear this word uncertainty so often right now, uh, there are some things that we need to be certain of. And so generally, Jesus just says, hey, listen, remember this, everybody dies. And then specifically, he's saying, I'm going to die. 
He's saying that I, I, my time is coming, it's near. He knows it more specifically than those he's telling it to at the moment, but he knows he just has days left before ultimately his life is going to be given up. And, and in the end, he's essentially saying that his sacrifice is going to lead to this powerful influence that will radically shape lives for every year to come uh, in, in, in the time span of the world's history from that moment on. And this is a really powerful uh, perspective and understanding. I mean, Jesus is presenting a really important truth here. And it is a truth about his life, but it's also a truth about our lives. Let me, let me try and put it a little bit more specifically, something that may be able to resonate with us, something that we can remember. I think if we were to sum up what he's saying here, he's saying, when self-preservation is not our motivation our lives can have meaningful application. You know, I work to really make that a positive statement. It's when we're not just simply focused on ourselves, when we're not just concerned about what's good for me or what's good for my family or whatever it is that I want. When that's not our primary motivation, what it means is our life has such a greater purpose. Our, our, our meaningfulness in life is more manifold in, in that regard. And that's what Jesus is trying to point out to us here. Now, I realize that that statement, this idea, uh, the idea of not being f- solely focused on my self-preservation as my motivation for life, it runs against our grain. It, it runs against the fiber of everything that tells us what is right. It runs against the grain of this world. Because at the end of the day, the value system that Jesus invites us to follow is radically opposed to the value system of the world that we live in. And, and that's where our greatest struggle comes in sometimes. And, and as we read what has been written for us and passed down from the mouth of Jesus himself, John wrote this letter expecting that those he sent it to are going to sit down and read it you know, from beginning to end. It's not as if, you know, John, who's late in life, uh, his last letter he's probably going to write here or somewhere along that line, those lines, they don't know. Um, that this man who's close to Jesus, personal friend with Jesus, writing down his personal experiences with Jesus, not like they're going to say, well, let's just take it a chapter at a time. And listen, there's nothing wrong with reading plans and taking a little bit day by day. But in that context, we're, we're going to read it from beginning to end. We just need to recognize that John is very intentional about how he gives us information. And so with that in mind, we need to recognize that Just before what we read, what Jesus said, John tells us about how the leaders, the religious leaders in Jerusalem, want to kill Jesus. Um, He had healed Lazarus from the dead. Everybody was believing in him because of it. And they noticed that their influence over the people was, was losing ground. And so they made a decision that they're going to ultimately kill Jesus. Now, out of fear... They make this decision, and it's based on, ultimately, a worldly value, which gives us an insight to what the world would tell us, you know, that is maintaining influence through power and control is a worldly value. Maybe that's an important statement to remember. Maybe it's something that you're going to evaluate what you're trying to do in your own little world or maybe in your own family at this time. It, this, this kind of motivation doesn't come out of love. It comes out of fear, which we see from these religious leaders who want to kill Jesus. Now, you may be noticed that when I read what we read this morning, John 12, 
uh, 20 through 28, it starts out a little bit awkward. Uh, and then there's this awkward transition to it. It's a breadcrumb, so to speak. You know, like I said, John writes everything intentional. He says they need to hear this. And then once they hear this, they'll better understand this part. And he starts out by saying there were some Greeks who wanted to hear from Jesus. And then all of a sudden when Andrew and, and uh, uh, Andrew and Peter bring them to Jesus, Jesus just launches into this powerful statement about what's going on in his life and what they can expect. Now, why is there this interesting transition right there? Well, we've got to understand, the Greeks were considered Gentiles. Uh, they were considered unclean, unspiritual, unworthy, any kind of un you could imagine. In fact, the real truth, too, is they're considered uh, racially unacceptable, too. The, the idea of a Gentile is anybody who's not Jewish by heritage. And so what are they going to experience when they go into Jerusalem? Here's the thing that's cool. Their senses have been heightened. Their spiritual senses have been heightened. They're looking for Jesus. You know, they, they, they're going to a religious festival that's not a part of their heritage. What are they going to find when they get to Jerusalem? They're going to find this massive city, and in the heart of this massive city, there is a sanctuary of God. But that sanctuary of God is protected by a wall to keep people out. And, and inscribed on this wall is basically a statement that says, Gentiles enter upon pain of death. I mean, listen, nothing says welcome like a sign like that. I mean, could you imagine coming to Canoe Creek on a Sunday morning and, and having a sign over the door that says, you know, outsiders, you know, welcome upon pain of death? Yeah, that's where I want to drop my kids off for Sunday service. Uh, and that's exactly what they were experiencing. So think about this. Uh, when, Jesus, when Jesus sees the insiders trying to kill him, when he sees the outsiders trying to get to him, it's in this moment that he recognizes this is the whole purpose of my life and my sacrifice. It's a really important moment. I don't want us to miss it. John didn't want us to miss it. He set it up that, that way so that we could understand it as fully as possible. Uh, he goes on, John writes for us in verse 31. He says, now is the time for judgment on the world. Now the prince of this world has been driven out. And some of us may say, well, you know, listen, I thought Jesus came to bring grace and peace and all that. He didn't come to bring judgment. And yet we have this statement here. Basically, here's what he's reminding us. His value system is radically different than the world's value system. He's telling us this, that following the world's system of values will lead us to a valueless future. And, and that's so important for us to be reminded of and so important as we see John set everything up the way that he did so that we can understand what Jesus is saying with the greatest intentionality as possible. So it can impact us, the application of our life, how we live, the purpose for which we live for. Listen, the world tells us the way up is up. Uh, power, money, wealth, that's how you obtain what is best and what you need. And Jesus is radically different than that. Jesus says the way up is down. Jesus says the way to life is death. Jesus says the way to influence is through sacrifice. You cannot find a more polar opposite perspective of a value system for life than that 
in regards to the world's system of values. Think about this. Jesus is the God-man who without military power, uh, who without political or financial power, died at the age of 33. He was abandoned by his friends and even his father in his death, and his only possessions that he had were gambled away by Roman soldiers who gambled for his clothes. And yet, nearly 2,000 years later, Jesus Christ is still to this day the most influential person in all of history. How? I mean, how is that possible? I think it's summed up this way. Because he exercised God's love through personal sacrifice to gain the influence of God's people. He put God's love into action. Uh, He made a, a significant sacrifice. And he wanted to do it to win the hearts of people, not control them, not manipulate them, not to try and get what he wanted out of it, but just strictly out of the love that God has for us. That really defines, the gospel sums up the kind of love that God ultimately has for his people. Now, here's the reality for us. The reality is simply this. Self-preservation is impossible. In the, in the end, it's impossible. I mean, you know, we, we shouldn't do foolish things. We shouldn't, you know, be stupid with our lives. We should be good stewards of what God has given us. But here's the reality that Jesus is presenting. Self-preservation is impossible. And the real sad truth is that some people trying so hard to preserve their life, not only will they fail to do that, they'll also fail to leave an imprint on life, to leave their influence, uh, to ultimately leave the opportunity to have a footprint on who they were, what they did, and how they led other people uh, to, to know what is most important and what's most essential in this life. Influence is, is such an important thing. Here, think about it this way. You cannot keep your life, but you can choose to spend it in a purposeful and meaningful way. There's one thing that we can do. There's one thing that we cannot do. We cannot keep our life, but we can choose each and every day as I get up, as I go about my life, as I go about what I'm going to do, how I'm going to spend it, how I'm going to use the capital that God has given me in a, in a way that's purposeful, in a way that's meaningful. Think about this, what Jesus said in the context of this verse 28. He said, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. See, Jesus gives us the ultimate reason of why he's doing what he's doing. It's it's to bring about recognition of a loving God who has done so many things for his people to influence us towards radical transformation and true heart change. So the reality is we can't keep our lives, and the reason, listen, the reason we would ever choose to sacrifice our life for God and others is at the heart of, of this idea of influence. You know, in the end, the right reason for living like Jesus is really born out of knowing God, is born out of finding freedom in God. Uh, Freedom that comes with salvation through his grace as a result of his love, not my goodness. A freedom to serve his plan and his purpose with your talents and your abilities, a freedom to choose others before yourself because you know that that is how God has shown his love and his passion to you as well. 
and freedom to become a person you never dreamed you could but realize you can because God has given in his amazing and abundant grace the opportunity for you to become somebody because he, through his grace, allowed you to belong to his family. He didn't say to you, hey, listen, as soon as you can jump this high, as soon as you can accomplish all these things, as soon as you can be this moral of a person, you can belong to the family. No, he's made you an heir if you trust him, if you follow him. And through that, you have become somebody that you never imagined you'd become. There's amazing freedom in that. Here's the thing. In the end, God is inviting us to a meaningful relationship with him. And, and it will not always be simple. It will not always be easy. But therefore, trans, uh, transformation in our life is never simple. It's never easy. And, and so we're going to face difficulties. We're going to face situations where we have to make a decision for personal sacrifice. Um, it'll never be Uh, where it's always pretty, right? But it'll always be filled with purpose and meaning because we have a God that we serve who is full of purpose and meaning. Let me just say this. Everyone ends up somewhere in life, but the people who live with purpose, they end up where they intended to be. Where do you intend to be? Is the purpose you're spending your life capital on worth it? That's a question that only you can answer for yourself. And maybe during this time where things are uncertain, you're asking these kinds of questions and and you're wondering, how should I be living? What should I be doing? What kind of influence should Jesus have in my life as he's demonstrated his love to have it and not his desire to control me and have power in a sense, to just manipulate me. Jesus is inviting you to have a relationship with him that is full of purpose, and it's a purpose that's bigger than your personal agenda. It's a purpose that can take your personal context and and encourage you, influence you uh, to exercise influence and love through personal sacrifices in the lives of other people around you. There is no greater purpose that we can serve. Uh, Let's pray at this time. Father, we are grateful to read and study your word together. We're grateful for a powerful statement that Jesus makes here, which is sometimes very difficult for us to get our mind wrapped around. We know we live in a world that is opposed to you. We live in a world that in many ways is a serial killer. I mean, we have a virus-creating world in which it's, it's constantly coming at us, and the value systems that are impressed upon us Um, ultimately, Lord, are dynamically opposed to the values that you're calling us to live by. And and we experience that fully in this this statement from Jesus today. And we recognize the difficulty of this. Uh, Help us grow our faith to trust your your values, to trust your words, to do as you would invite us to do, uh, regardless of what the world is telling us, uh, so that we can find very significant purpose in following you, and be informed in you and serving you. And so, Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.